0: Welcome, everybody, to a Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me
1: here, as always, happy summer, Steve. It's EJ. Happy 4th of July. And 6-month yes. anniversary yes. to the insurrection.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations on your insurrection. I don't know. What, <laughs> what, 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 what kind of card do you send to
1: honor that occasion? Do mm. you send flowers? I, I don't know. Send flowers. Uh, maybe warrants. Warrants, yes. I yeah. think that's a good choice, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: So anyhow, we are at the Burning Bush Brewery.
1: Um, we came
0: here, we came here before the pandemic, and it was fairly new when the pandemic. It started. was the
1: week it, we came here. The week that it opened. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think in February of. Yeah, it was like a month before things locked down, so yeah. it was like not not ideal timing for opening a brewery. No, nope. um, but they carried through. They did uh, yeah. takeout beer um, the whole pandemic. Uh, this place is on Rockwell, just north of Irving Park. So we're on the outside terrace. We can kind of see the river from here. We're right next to the river. Like you, can Im- you can't you can see it, but you can imagine you it know just it's over there. the, the you, ridge. You, you there. know it's there. Yes. So that's... Uh, if you listen
0: carefully in the background, you can hear it flow.
1: Sure. Or maybe that's cars driving Could over traffic, the Irving Park ridge. Either way, we're right by Horner Park, which is truly a gem here on the north side. Absolutely and this is our second uh, second show in a row uh, on the river oh that's true so last time we were at metropolitan just a little further down the river just
0: figure out the electric boat pub crawl thing that's i, really I know answer. i think the
1: next option has got to be well something maybe alarmist is um maybe maybe it might, we'll be, it it might be it might be up out. there if you've got any suggestions let us know we'll yes. try to find another so. place on the river so that's the state of uh, breweries in Chicago. Uh, how's the country going there, EJ? Uh, is it going? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. This is what we were just talking about, how the news cycle is so different than it was for the previous four years. Yes. That I can't decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I
0: do feel like I have to struggle more to figure out like what we're going to talk about, whereas previously it was a matter of filtering out like, OK, well, we can't talk about that one and that one and that one and I'll fit it in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding.
1: No kidding. Like we're not at war. We're not trying to start wars with anybody. Well, we're not in any more wars. I mean, right. we're in the same wars we've been in. Uh, right? Maybe le- maybe fewer well, we're wars. We're kind of like getting but we'll out get out of some that. of those. Yeah. So that's we're kind of doing that. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, you know, things are slow in Congress, but things might be moving. So, I mean, I think that's the uh, in our new regular segment, for fuck's sake, Joe Manchin, Kristen C- Cinema. Um, yes there are things going on there i will say i just got back from vacation i was in arizona and clearly for uh political purposes and i saw a billboard when i was there huge billboard and it just said thank you kirsten cinema for uh protecting the filibuster and i was like, like who the hell paid for I that really
0: Who bought that billboard uh uh, journalists for Both Sides, uh, Inc., I don't know. I, I, yeah, uh, I, I
1: couldn't, like, I, I looked at it, and I was like, certainly I'm not reading that correctly. Yeah. Like, to, certainly, certainly not. Um, but yet, yet it was there. I uh, tried to convince my wife to drive to the Maricopa County Fairgrounds to uh, see the Cyber Ninjas in Catch action. Catch up on the recounts? But uh, no dice. Oh. No. Party boober. No dice. Oh, well. There so are
0: other things to do in Arizona like sweat for uh for sport,
1: you know. <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> a lot of a lot of sweating. Yes. I actually had some good conversations with people just randomly. It was nice to talk to random people. Um both, you know, people who live in Arizona and uh, people who were there traveling and it was it was actually pretty refreshing to hear what people had to say. Lots of skepticism about the craziness. And I did not come forward as like the you know, super crazy liberal that I clearly am. Uh, maybe the ponytail gave it away, but uh, people. We've were, got
0: Chicago on your t shirt here right now. So if you were exporting that kind I of thing, I wasn't you might have been in trouble. At the time. No, okay. I, don't,
1: I don't think so. Okay. I uh, might have been. Anyway. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The other interesting thing we had in the FFS Joe Manchin side was an Exxon lobbyist, Keith McCoy, in the last week was tricked into what he thought was a job interview by Greenpeace, where he laid out, and he's the head of like public affairs for ExxonMobil, and he laid out their entire strategy for essentially sabotaging the climate plan from Joe Biden. And yeah. he's like, oh, Joe Manchin, I meet with that guy every week, I talk to him all the time, he's like a kingmaker, I can get him to do whatever I want, it's fantastic, it's brilliant, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're never doing anything. We've got these shadow groups we work with. We kind of fund them, you know, to kind of push, you know, an agenda (laughs) that'll never pass, like carbon credits. (laughs) Like (laughs) suckers. I'm like, I'm like, is is
0: this real? Like, is this not like, like I imagine, like, you know, there's those right wing groups that sort of like do these made up videos and then like, you
1: know, is it that
0: kind of thing? No, but this is actually this actually happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, unedited too. And he's like, oh yeah, I totally said all those things. I probably shouldn't have, but I totally said all those things. (laughs) And the CEO of ExxonMobil <laughs> was like, Well, we don't support that. We only pay that guy $400,000 a year. He's a low level employee. What right. Are we, how are we supposed right. to know? Also, have Keith you ever known Keith Who? Heard of, uh, yeah. Keith Who? Don't know him. ExxonMobil and Playmobile Playmobil are spelled mobile the same way, which is not the way it should be spelled. Anyway. And Playmobile, made of plastic. Plastic, made of oil. Hmm. <laughs> Thus QAnon. Wait, wait. That's sorry, sorry. 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 That's QAnon. Lost myself for a second there. So, <laughs> I just had to bring those two things up because yeah. they've they've both been top of mind. Um, not like the infrastructure bill, yes, which is almost top of mind. Well, which well, is now two bills. infrastructure bills. Right, right. For now, pay we'll those see what infrastructure happens. bills. Uh, got to have them bills. So there are two, right? So one right. is got, you know, that's the six hundred million dollars of new spending. Wasn't it like one point two? One point two. Wasn't well, it's it? one point two total, but six hundred million. Oh, it's six hundred new. new. That's right. That's
0: right. Though. Right. Like so one point two is like we're going to take some money that we've already committed to spending, and we're going right. to count it like we're spending it new, even though we're really not.
1: We're going to wrap it and all we're up add together. Six
0: hundred million. So good on the extra six hundred million. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And this was the framework developed by twenty centrist senators locked in an island Cause, for cause you eight know weeks. That's Anything good could stuff. happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, look, I I do want to say so. You know, when people say 600000000 million—well, actually, let me say this. So we've got that $600 million of new spending and a $1.2 billion bill, and then there's going to be that separate bill, which is going to be done through reconciliation. Yes. Which is going to be a, a budget measure. Presumably will be done. We'll see what happens. Presumably. it'll And it'll be some big number. So something that's interesting here to me is— that 600 million number we've gotten so desensitized to big numbers i was like yeah that doesn't seem like that much 600 million i like go to the couch cushions i'm checking to see what i got in there maybe kick some in um then i realized that i and did some some looking and i saw some other reporting that just like that's more than the interstate highway system cost so Six hundred million in new, even in today's dollars.
0: Okay, so even in today's dollars, but also that was over how many years? I don't know. Yeah, that's Like, like the six hundred. Also, the OMB over eight years or whatever. Yeah, when we talk about these numbers, they're over ten-year periods. So it's not like they're saying we're going to spend six hundred million this year, which would be less than the defense. Like the defense budget's around eight hundred million ish, I think, something on that ballpark. A week. Yeah. A week. Right. Um. So the $600 million, that would be $60 million a year, give or take, right? Um, you know, when we talk about uh, the possibility of the reconciliation bill, they started at $6 trillion, which mm. is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But that's also over 10 years. So you're talking yeah. more like $600 billion a year if my math is not sure. entirely wrong. Um, we can all drop a zero. <laughs> right, right. So the theory here being that they, they have this bipartisan compromise, Oh, there is a quirk of the bipartisan compromise. I should mention: the deal is apparently they're saying that anything that's covered by the bipartisan compromise cannot be covered by the reconciliation bill. So, in the bipartisan yeah, that's bill, that's a really good point. If they say we're going to spend a, a, a five cents on bridge building, they cannot then throw in three trillion on bridge building in the reconciliation bill. Right. Like the, you can't. You can't do that. Apparently. These rules are made up by I don't know. Who, I, right? I don't. I do wonder who makes <laughs> it's up a the rules. the Senate parliamentarian and Joe Manchin and McConnell sitting around a room, I, yeah. doing shots and just th- making up numbers. I assume, I, I, which I would like <laughs> to see. I would pay to see that. I if I it were on Netflix. Yes, I, would. I assume that the the uh,
1: parliamentarian is the bartender in that case. Yeah, exactly. It's like drunk history, but it's
0: <laughs> right. Drunk <laughs> it, it's legislation. drunk legislation
1: right. and. And really, this this bill is going to focus on hard infrastructure, so bridges and roads and those sorts the, of yes, things. Yes,
0: the bipartisan bill focuses right. on that stuff, right. and then the
1: the <laughs>
0: partisan bill is going to be <laughs> people is going to be more of the uh, more of the human capital, if you will, human infrastructure. Yes. Which I
1: actually I really like that phrase. To be honest, um, I, I've come around. It to It It feels a little weirdly capitalist to me,
0: but I'll, I'll live with it. Uh, and I and I say that as somebody who's Been regularly defending myself as no,
1: I'm a capitalist. It's okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, Elizabeth. Right? Exactly. (laughs) So, so right now the senators are working in teams, trying to get the bill ready for the floor, because they want to vote by the 19th of July. That bipartisan bill. So you know you've got your so you got like Bernie Sanders
0: and like Joe Manchin, like and they're like picking. They're like, I want, I want Liz. Come on, (laughs) Liz.
1: So, but I think there are teams for things like broadband and roads and bridges. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah, Yeah, it it does make perfect sense. Because it is going to have a large scope to it. And whatever you say about the number being way too low, I I applaud and appreciate the urgency.
0: Well, I think that the biggest thing that I think we need to focus on here is that one of the things that was supposed to be in these bills overall was a lot of emphasis on climate-related things. And given the weather lately around the country, I think we have a n- new reminder of uh, the situation that we're in here. Hashtag s- heat dome. Hashtag heat dome. Um, and we need to stop acting like it's a thing that we can keep kicking down the road and and make that investment. And so, that is one of the things that's nominally supposed to be part of this reconciliation bill. Now, how does that overlap with what is in the infrastructure bill versus what is in the reconciliation yeah. bill? And I don't know who is And what the, the guy referee. from Exxon
1: is telling right. Joe Manchin not I, to vote on.
0: I assume they are bringing Joe Hockley out of retirement to decide whether it, whether <laughs> it matches or not, because the parliamentarian's busy doing his other thing. Nice. Look up Joe Hockley, everybody, if you don't know him. It's H-O-C-U-H-L-I? Hockley? Something like that. Anyhow, moving on.
1: <laughs> Hold on a minute. Do you mean former NFL referee Ed Hockley? Yes, I do. Ed Ed Hockley. That's what I said. You said Joe. Hockley. They said Joe Hockley. You did.
0: Oh, I'm getting confused. It's Ed with Joe Hockley. Ranch. Ed Hockley. He's also yes. a an yes. attorney. I want to be Ed Hockley. Yeah, the, exactly. Best NFL films thing ever. Anyhow, we are totally <laughs> totally into our other podcast. No, we aren't. Um, <laughs>
1: our other podcast about NFL officials. <laughs> it's called Zebras. You can't get it on any of the surface. Uh, on any of the. Don't read us on, on iTunes because we're not there. Yeah. Zebras. Anyhow, true story. I used to officiate football. So, so any further <laughs> thoughts on uh, reconciliation? I, no. <laughs> no, just that, you know, I, Biden kind of got caught out when he said, like, hey, so we're going to have this bill, and I'm not going to sign that bill unless we have the reconciliation bill at the same time. Yes. And then he's like, well, maybe not.
0: <laughs> right. He <laughs> said that, and then of it, that. Was like, it was like it's one of those things where it's like he's supposed to use his inside voice, and that's not always Biden's strong suit. No. Um no. But like that's that is normally the understanding around this. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because inevitably they have to get the votes from the Republicans to do the bipartisan compromise. Right. Um, and I can see a situation where they're like, "Well, if you're going to tie us to reconciliation, that reconciliation bill we can't abide. So none of us are going to vote for this all of a sudden, even though it's the bipartisan compromise."
1: Sure. Then, then everything and, goes into the reconciliation. And then bill. presumably at that point, everything goes into reconciliation but all the things and here's the other the other thing about this all of the the items that they're proposing are popular yes so That's the thing is like you know, if
0: all of this ultimately passes republicans are going to take credit for all the things that are popular right everybody's going to take credit right cuz they got their bipartisan bill which they can say all right we voted for we voted for the infrastructure bill they can be a little vague on which part of it they voted for right and it'll all pass and hey it'll turn out that there's funding for daycare which the Republicans have totally not signed off on, but they voted for Bridges, so
1: that's kind of like daycare. That's kind of like, it's daycare for Bridges. They're both
0: supportive. They are both. It's all the same.
1: They're both supporting things.
0: Just to recap for the audience, EJ paused and then pointed at his glass because it's beer time,
1: so we'll be right back. Uh, All right, here we go. So we've got new beers, so thank you for sticking with us. I know it was just a blink of an eye for you on your public transportation. Yes. On your infrastructure, probably driving around right now. or Perhaps you're riding on Amtrak
0: where all the money is now buying new train cars because Joe Biden's the president. <laughs>
1: exactly. And all the trains are going to run from Delaware to Washington, D.C. Yes. All yes. of the trains. Yes. So if you want to get to Delaware, it'll be very You're cheap. in. You're in. As, I, you know, I, I, I will say just as a brief aside, I used to take the Acela... With some regularity, because I had to work in Philadelphia and in D.C., and we'd take the Acela between oh, them, yeah. and it was quite nice. I love Amtrak. I uh, mean,
0: I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't recommend long-distance travel with it, because it tends to get delayed along the way, but, like, you know, you go Chicago to Milwaukee to Detroit to St. Louis, great way to go.
1: Black Hawk Line is uh, Chicago to Detroit. Anyway, the Hiawatha to Milwaukee. Yes, it is the Hiawatha line. Well, that feels appropriating. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> what else Congress may <laughs> this, or may not be doing. This has been, been our appropriation segment. Yeah, Anyhow, exactly. moving on.
0: Uh...
1: So we, we talked about it's been six months since the insurrection in the Capitol. Um, we know that there was a failed attempt to have a bipartisan commission. Um, and yes, now and so
0: the end result of this is we're going to have... A bipartisan commission is... Well, it's
1: a select committee, which is different somehow. I'm sure. I'm willing to believe you. Right. So Pelosi uh, and crew um, have put together a a select commission, and that has to be passed by resolution in the House, and that was passed mostly along partisan lines. Um, A few Republicans voted for it, but not many. Like five or six. Um, So certainly not many. Uh, It's going to be a 13-member panel um eight of whom are will be democrats or no eight of whom are appointed by nancy pelosi that's yes. that's a better way to say it because who nancy pelosi is appointing that include liz cheney yes so liz cheney after even after threats from uh mccarthy that she would lose her you know lose her committee seats etc Um, Liz Cheney has been appointed and has accepted a spot on that panel not too surprisingly I think Adam Kinzinger might also end up there um, but not from Pelosi's side uh, only if the Republicans let him but I guess they probably won't he's been pretty outspoken Um, but McCarthy's like "Ah, I don't know maybe I'll nominate uh, somebody like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, you know, I mean, you can see Which who he's, he's got on the list on the podcast is the the headache inducing
0: sort of facial expression. I think yeah. there uh, that's <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's you know, like once originally McCarthy was like, if any Republicans, you know, decide to be on this, we're going to punish them. And yeah. And since then, they've decided the better plan is to just get their people on there and. You know sabotage it is is my best right, way although to Nancy Pul-
1: Nancy Pelosi can still she has to approve the appointments
0: she has to approve the appointments also you know even by the original construction, she would control a majority of the people who are going to be on the panel, yeah, so they will have a say, but you know uh, you know ultimately the end results should somewhat reflect vaguely reality
1: well, well see. and I think that's the big question is you know. Will the goal of the Republicans on the committee to not sabotage the process, but just essentially make it so it seems like it's all made up? Well, it's going to, m- yeah, doubt.
0: they're going to do like what they've done with, you know, uh, previous. I'm trying to think of like what exactly they've done recently, but basically. Throwing sand in the gears and trying to make it look like everything is partisan, that there's no basis in fact. You know, like think about, you know, like what we're doing with the Supreme Court nominations when we're talking Mm -hmm. about Kavanaugh and all of that and how, oh, they're being unfair and it's all a hoax and da-da-da-da and, you know, undermining the credibility of it. And the fact of the matter is they don't need to undermine the credibility generally. They just need to make sure that none of that gets back to their voting base and seems believable to them.
1: Yep. Yeah. And we will. I guess we will see. I mean, I I, you know, this is a week where the final set of fences that were put up during the Trump administration have come down. Like, you know, the Capitol feels more accessible now and, and the White House feels more accessible now than it did you know at any time in the last five years and that's a good thing and i'm you know i'm i am hoping that uh, there is an earnest and serious effort that that goes in from both democrats and republicans to to produce something that will help there be a shared narrative whatever it is yeah Um. and we know you know over 500 people now have been uh arrested and, and charged um in the insurrection You know, a few people have pled guilty. Um, Only one person has been sentenced. You know, it's there's a lot more work on that side to go. Um, And so there will be narratives that come out of those court proceedings. Yep. And, you know, we'll see how all of this ties together. I, I have to say from a political standpoint, I don't understand why the Republicans aren't. Trying to do this as quickly, they can't stop it happening. So why right. not just just, just push smooth the through.
0: gears? Like 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 go, let's go, like, let's go. Get let's get it go. Done. Try to don't get try
1: it, out it out before the end of the year, because yep, they don't want to be talking about this in 2022.
0: Well, do you think do you think there's going to be anything that comes out of that that committee hearings and all that that's going to be significantly different than what we already know? Like, is there going to be something that that Potentially is going to really shift how we think about things, not like across the political spectrum, because we know how that works, but like things that we Uh, weren't expecting. uh, uh,
1: No, but I think it'll keep it in the consciousness. Okay. And, you know, it seems to me that the Republican strategy is just to like pretend it didn't happen. They were tourists. Right. Right. I mean, and the longer we're talking about people bringing zip ties and bear spray into the Capitol and the three percenters, you know, talking about overthrowing the government. Yeah. Uh, that's not a great look. No. That is not a great look. No. Um, uh, so, and there's there's nobody out there who thinks, really and truly thinks, the Democrats were responsible for that. Right. That's That is an albatross that will solely hang upon around the neck of Republicans, especially as, you know, we might talk about like there were like 700 republicans running for office in 2022 that we know about who have ties to QAnon or you know espouse those conspiracy conspiracy theories like it's just it's just not not good for them there's no. no way to message around that well
0: but i mean do they have to though i mean like who ultimately who are the who are the voters that they're losing from that? Um, You know, I mean, you you figure that, you know, when it comes to the primaries, there's the most vocal kind of core people that they're trying to appeal to with a lot of this. And those people are showing up. But how many of the people who are going to vote in a general election for the Republican because they're the Republican, because they believe in, you know, low taxes, low regulation, general concepts of freedom, et cetera, et cetera, Those, sort of the, that Republican brand. And and will this hurt them if all this comes out that's basically pointing that there were a subset of Republicans who decided that it was worth
1: overthrowing a government to keep Trump in power? I, I do wonder about that, right? And I, I wonder if it brings the middle, it, it takes the middle out of the equation to some extent, right? Yeah. Like if there were people who yeah would have generally voted republican because of low taxes who are like actually i think i care about democracy more than i care about you know paying an incremental $1000 do in a year but do they see this as a threat to democracy at a fundamental level i i think that's what we're going to find out yeah next year yeah. right i mean well uh, i and and that is the i mean i think that is the marketing case to be made yeah right for sure um and people will make their decision based you know based on what things come out and and how it's messaged for the next you know it's uh, 16 months okay speaking of decisions let's talk supreme court oh
0: i saw (laughs) the transition i'm like i'm going for it's a good
1: one it's a good transition
0: uh Some so, decisions have come Supreme out. Supreme
1: Court has made
0: many a choice recently. Uh three uh major cases that were worth talking about today. Um the first one is Trans <laughs> Let me try that again. Uh the first one is Transunion versus Ramirez. Um this was a five to four decision with Thomas dissenting actually, which is Bizarre. Um, but because the court has gone so far to the right, they can lose Thomas and still have the decision come out badly. Um, and what was going on was that there was um, rules around uh, fair credit reporting. There there are rules around fair credit reporting. And, mm-hmm. and TransUnion was um, looking at their credit reports of people coming in, and they were comparing them against terrorism databases. As you do. As you do. And so they could flag somebody on their credit report as being potentially linked to terrorism. And so that's what they were doing. The problem was that the algorithm they were using was looking at first name and last name as the only things they were matching against. So as you might expect, uh, people of certain ethnic backgrounds might be uh, brought up more on the terrorist list there than uh, was fair or reasonable to them. Now, the construction of our laws around this are that there is a harm caused by simply being labeled in that. Because you don't know necessarily that 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 credit report is providing that information to somebody until you actually, you know, until that happens, right? Right. And so what happened was the Supreme Court decided um, that you had to prove harm. So you had to show that Not only was your information mislabeled in TransUnion's database, but that it was actually given to somebody, and that had some consequence to you. Now, that seems reasonable on its face. The problem is that then, in terms of how you challenge this, legally speaking, is that it's up to that individual. Like, I have been harmed, and I'm going to sue you. Um, do I have the financial resources to sue TransUnion? Am I subject to an arbitration agreement or mm. any other thing that might make Which that... you are. Challenging.
1: <laughs> you almost always are.
0: Right. The whole benefit of class action lawsuits is that they provide the ability to scale these lawsuits to deal with a larger corporation. And this ruling is going to make it much harder to... Be able to use regulation in that way, and to say, right. "Here's a regulation. I'm going to have a class action. I'm going to act against uh, against that y- corporate." Yeah.
1: And so what it what it did is that, um, you know, there were there was a class action. I think that was like seventy eight hundred eight thousand people. It was like sixty three hundred. I think was the, the the number. But yes. Yeah. And
0: and oh yeah yeah there was like the overall number. yeah yeah okay right yep, right yep, right yep. The and
1: only eighteen hundred of those people. Should actually be. They could prove like an actual harm. Some harm, right? Right. So, so it's sort of like the definition of the class changes a little bit. Because the other 6300,
0: they had been labeled as terrorists, but they couldn't prove that that had Mm -hmm. been a harm to them. It was just some label in the database.
1: Right, and some of them presumably are terrorists, and so they said, "Like you're actually a terrorist." Uh, Wait, no. Probably 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 not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, so it, it is certainly a pro-business kind of ruling. Um, yes, I'm not yeah, a big yeah. fan of class action lawsuits in general because I think they're mostly for lawyers. But but well, still. you know, like the, the,
0: the ultimately, like the people filing the suits, like they don't get as much
1: out of them, but like
0: they have influence on the companies doing like there, there is that threat to the companies. Sure. Whereas I as an individual can't really yeah. do as much as a group
1: of a hundred thousand of us or whatever. Right. right. I'm still waiting for my Joy Cons to be fixed. Right. On right. my switch. Yes. So, absolutely. But uh, it, it, it is it is a more pro business and also interesting to see Clarence Thomas siding. Yeah, this
0: is like like well I mean, it gives you a sense of like they can now lose a conservative or two in their well Yeah. Yes. They can lose well they can lose one. So they can lose Clarence Thomas and still
1: get a five-four decision, and they can lose yeah. a, 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 per, a justice accused of sexual harassment or two and still right. be fine. Yeah, in
0: the couch cushions, perhaps. Uh, uh, god. in a dark alleyway. I don't know. Wherever you lose Supreme Court. Okay, non- so what's justices. the next case? Uh, so the, next, the next two, yes, were, next were, case, were far is, more interesting. Yeah, we're getting we're, getting, we're getting, yeah, we're starting, we're we're building, people. Building. This is this is important. Okay, so. So Americans Prefer Prosperity versus Bonta. Uh, Bonta is the name of the attorney general in California. Yes. That. Um, And here we have a 6-3 decision because Thomas was completely on board with it. Um, And so California had a law in the books that said nonprofits over a certain size had to disclose their donors to the state. Um, This was supposed to be, and basically the information was supposed to be kept privately within the state, like they weren't supposed to do anything with it. But like if there was, you know, actions that need to be taken, they could then have that information to do with as they needed to. Um, And I gather that became that was part of what was adjudicated was, you know, do you trust them to hold on to that information, et cetera. Uh, But ultimately, the ruling was that the state didn't have the authority to gather that information because it was risking the free association of those donors with that organization, and so that there could be some state pressure on them around that. Um, but the upside of that or the downside of that, I should say, is that um, they can't collect information about the donors to these nonprofits. Right. So let's, let's walk through our history here. Under, under Kennedy, the court rules that you can have unlimited money in, in politics right but you can do, but we have disclosures and so that's okay. And now we're saying, but you can't have disclosures, right? Now, obviously, this is one ruling. It doesn't quite, it doesn't quite make it as broad as what I just described, but it definitely sets the groundwork for being able to do that.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's, it's a it it is tied to the ethos of Citizens United. Yes, right, and hiding dark money is hiding dark money. I mean that's... Yes. Uh, the, and the question is, how important is it that people see that? And where do the courts have a right to step in there? So it was surprising to me that the court did step in here because this is a state law, right? And as we're going to talk about in a second, with Arizona you know, voting regulations, there seemed to be a uh, preference for not interfering in how states it's
0: almost like the supreme court has an agenda that has nothing to do with you know states rights or or any of that kind of thing huh interesting yeah um yeah yeah so that gets us to our last decision which is uh i don't know exactly how to pronounce this because there's a i feel like there's a vowel missing brunovich brunovich Bornovich. It's B-R-N-O-V-I-C-H, for you listening at home, versus DNC. So this was a ruling about uh, Arizona election laws, and it was covering two different things. One was um, that election officials were required to discard ballots cast at the wrong precinct, uh, and the other one made it a crime to harvest ballots. So ballot harvesting is the practice of some Organization, some person will go and pick up legally cast ballots from individuals and deliver them to the election officials. So this is a common right. practice to help improve getting out the vote. So like you say you have a, a senior center or whatever, you go there, you pick up the ballots right. from everybody, you
1: drop them off. Or Native American reservation. is Or Native the, American reservation. Which is really where we talk about, yes. you know, where it comes into play in Arizona. Yes, for sure, for sure.
0: And so um these laws basically there was a uh, the lawsuit was that these were um racial there was racial bias in these that they were affecting uh racial minorities more than they were affecting
1: white people. Uh, yeah, well yes. and I yes. Go and, ahead. and just because law is very language specific, yes. I think the question is and and this is at the heart of of this is whether or not there is racial bias in the laws or if they just happen to disproportionately yes. affect so and basically if there it's a like difference between those two things yeah so
0: it's trying to split this hair between what was intended mm-hmm. versus what the effect is right and it's awfully hard to determine what the intent of something was without like you know having somebody's hard drive full of data where they said this is why we're doing it. Um, Which has happened. Well, um, which has happened. But to give you a sense of, like, what this ruling means. So, first of all, the ruling said um, that, uh, that Arizona's laws would stand um, because they couldn't prove that there was that sort of racist yeah. intent in them. Right. But, for example, if you were in Georgia, let's say, and they moved to end voting on Sundays, um, that disproportionately affects black voters because there are a lot of uh, voter initiatives souls to the polls, souls of the polls, um, where they are trying to get out voters, and so they'll go to church and they'll go out to vote afterwards. Well, if you ban voting on Sundays, that doesn't happen. Right? Does that disproportionately affect those voters? Clearly, yes. But they're saying, but that what they're saying is that isn't necessarily racially targeted. How you split that hair? Once again, I'm not sure. I, well,
1: well, but in the oral arguments there was somebody representing the Arizona Republican Party and when questioned, "is why are you a party to this? You know, why did you file an amicus brief?" The response was, "Well, essentially the more the pe- people vote, the less we win." Yes. And so while that's sort of as they like to as people like to say saying the quiet thing out loud, that's also sort of giving some air cover to the argument that it's not racial, it's it's political, right? Right. It's so just partisan. If, right. I don't care. So it, just we're not
0: discriminating against them because they're black. We're discriminating
1: against because they don't vote for Republicans. Right. Oh, it's, okay, well, we're fine then. And that's somehow fine. Yeah. Which I... I found very interesting, to be honest. Um, I disagree wholeheartedly with this, but it's going but, to mean it's, that it's going to be harder to... It's going to be harder to... Uh, attack these kinds of laws across the country as they continue to For get sure. rolled out. For sure.
0: Yeah, and I think like if you look at overall, like we've we talked a lot about when Trump was putting Kavanaugh on the court and on and, and, uh, and all of that, we talked about um, these being Trump's justices, right? That they were being put on the court by Trump. They're going to defend him or whatever. They were never Trump's justices. He didn't pick them. It was came from a list that was developed. And handed to Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell handed him a list and said, here are the choices. And he went, that person's pretty. I like them. Let's do that. That person looks like a judge. I like them. I mean, like, no, I mean, that, yeah. that's the level he operated on. And so at the end, the reason they got onto his desk in the first place is because they're defending corporate rights and because they are in, in, trying to protect Republican power. Yes. That's it. And and if you look at the way that the overall dynamics of this play out, it is protecting state legislation, again uh, uh, weakening federal legislation, yes, and uh, and protecting uh, minority control of the legislature, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Like that's like that's sort of the broad theme. Yeah, of all no, of this. it's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. We talked about it in the last one. The strategy is, who cares about. Congress really, yeah. Just make sure you can control the the state houses. Well, and if
0: they can control the state houses, if they control the voting laws. They can control the federal Congress by that. Yeah. Um, you know, if they can have laws passed the state level that will let them decide who gets the win in the electoral college, they can control the presidency. Um, they already have a natural advantage at the Senate level, um, which is why you know in terms of the things that we need to get passed probably the most important thing is going to be um, the uh, the what we're doing with voting rights because yeah.
1: if we don't f- pass that if we don't end gerrymandering we're screwed. Yeah it'll be interesting to see how Michigan figures out their maps this year um, because yeah. you know they passed a they passed a thing last year voters not politicians Yes, which was a you know essentially has a nonpartisan commission um who's supposed to approve that and that uh, that could be a blueprint for most of the country but we'll see yeah um we will see speaking of that pit of despair 2022 Well,
0: we already talked about this uh, apparently 700 gop candidates have ties to q anon although we already covered it i feel like we need to say it again because that's crazy terrifying now, you know, I mean, granted, you know, if you've got a primary and there's 10 people in it, like, you know, how many of them yeah. are, are, Nine. are bat shit versus just mildly aberrant. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 I think the thing that blows my mind about all of it is, is that. Because we have this two party system, I know we've talked about yeah. parliamentary and Israel's parliament and things like that versus what we have is that Which we surprisingly people, hasn't the government hasn't fallen apart it still exists apparently um the it, <laughs> we end up in the situation where people vote sort of team Democrat, team Republican, irrespective of whatever's going on underneath things, mm-hmm. how far things have gotten out of hand and you know that they will go and they'll go to the poll and they'll vote for the republican even though they are believing in conspiracy theories and 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 rather outrageous ones at that i mean the my pillow guy has decided that trump is going to be uh president august 13th like is that stuff that's my dad's birthday well happy birthday to your dad uh i hope hopefully yeah though you know that's my favorite thing about cults and and QAnon is definitely a cult at this point is they can keep making predictions about when the world is going to end and trump being president again would definitely be the world ending um that's and true. nobody seems to be concerned like oh yeah no we'll keep following it no it's fine you're wrong but we're going to keep doing it
1: it doesn't remind know. me of my favorite simpsons episode but i digress
0: we digress a lot. It's yeah, okay. it's true. It, it is true. That is what we do. <laughs> digression I, podcast. I, I
1: do think that the next couple of weeks are going to show some really interesting things in terms of 2022 because we'll see uh, there are going to be a lot of filing deadlines. There are going to be a lot of things like that. Um, and obviously, some interesting municipals are kind of shaking out. I, the one thing I want to just bring up very quickly um, is New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah. New York City. It's where I get all get my World. salsa from. Right. Um <laughs> The, you know, New York City just kind of finished their primary for, yes. for mayor and city council. Uh, and they used ranked choice voting, voting. Really interesting. And I say kind of, I have this question because it has been a couple of weeks now and nobody knows who won. I mean, people are starting to concede but clearly it took too long and it was too confusing. Um, and, you know, the clear leader at the beginning of the night or at the at the end of the day on Election Day, you know, his lead shrank and then grew Brooklyn Borough president. Somebody I don't care about. Yes. Um, it, I I found it very interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because didn't you learn anything in New York from 2020? you got to have it done fast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, it, yeah, Former it's... Former
1: President Bill Clinton tells you, there you, go. you got to have it done fast. There you go. Get in, get um, out. A friend Nobody of mine was
0: uh, running for city council in the 39th Ward District, whatever they call it there. He uh, got third place, I believe. Which is interesting to watch it from like a... Uh, from the, the uh, ranked choice voting was like, well, he's third place. Is he going to go up from there because he's got, you know, the, the second
1: choice of other people? Not really, no. No, no. no. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, no. But I, th- I think they did declare New York, uh, Eric Adams, the, the winner of the Democratic primary. They did, primary. which is an
0: interesting thing uh, in that he's, he's not particularly progressive, but he... But he does appeal to some part of like where the like the progressive base would want to draw. It's gonna be, it's gonna be complicated. But he would only serve two terms because that's the way the rules work in New York City. So we'll Thank see how you. it goes. But uh, we'll see um, what happens with like police reform since he's a yeah. he's a former uh, he, yeah. Top he's, and, he kind of ticks a lot of boxes. Right? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting uh, candidate um, as far as it goes. But
1: I will say this about New York politics. Thank you, New York GOP, for. Giving the huge double middle finger to Rudy Giuliani's son, who was trying to run for governor. Oh, that's hilarious! And they're like, "Ah, uh, no, no, we, no maybe we, we did that. We're done." Yeah, maybe you could, maybe you could do some lawn care. <laughs> I was going to say, did he, where did he announce his? Uh, where did he uh, re, uh, officially uh, concede? Oh, I mean, it was just a. That wasn't even a primary. That was just like a you know, a convention of Republicans. Uh, okay. okay. So the Republican leadership is like, you just better sit your ass down. Nice. Nice. Weird Giuliani kind of mix kid. Ah, he's weird. Anyway, uh, so, so what's coming up? What's
0: coming up? Uh, Arizona recount. Uh, so apparently so uh, Maricopa County is going to have to buy all new voting equipment right. because the voting equipment has been mishandled and they can't trust that it works correctly anymore. True. Uh, because, you know, you have computerized systems. Some guy gets that for, you know, a day or whatever that he doesn't, you know, you don't know who he is. He doesn't, you don't have any sort of yep. validation of what they're doing. They could have
1: put all sorts of shit in there. Who knows? Yeah. So, good on you, Arizona. It's yes. going to cost a little more money. Yes. Um, it's supposed to go on for a couple more weeks, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah who knows? It, it, it could go on forever. You know, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to be like
1: those. Did we get to the answer we want yet? Yeah, no. All right. Keep going. Uh, or they'll just never come out with an answer and hope it goes away. Yeah. Because like even most politicians in A- Arizona are like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like it's dumb. Like I, I like there's nobody that supports it who's reasonable. And this is in the same week that it's been. It was clear that the president and Giuliani and others were calling election officials in Arizona and saying, you need to stop counting. Yeah. Just let him win. Yeah. Just stop. Um. Which should be a crime. Yeah. Should be a crime. Uh, True story, an opinion writer for AZ Central, uh, his name is also EJ, but it's not me. And people. As far as we know. As far as I know. Okay. Anyway. Tyler um, Durden. uh, Moving on. But (laughs) of course, you know, at the same time, there's a state senator in Pennsylvania who's like, oh, the thing in Arizona is a great idea. We should do it here in Pennsylvania, just for all the minority counties. So. Like Philadelphia County, York County, and one other. Right. You know. Yeah. There's
0: there's no racism there. Though. Well, it's yeah. All so totally coincidence.
1: So he's requested every ballot and every voting machine from those counties. I'm sure he has. And uh, they have until the 31st of July to respond. And then he's like, I will, I will subpoena you. I will sue you. And the, uh, of course, <laughs> the. The attorney general for Pennsylvania, who's a Democrat, has said, well, we'll just defend the counties. You're never going to touch those things. Yeah. Anyway. Talking about forensically taking photographs to make sure they were filled out by humans, the ballots. Yes. 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 There you
0: go. Anyhow, uh, what else here? Uh, International. So you put this one in here. So what's what's this going on?
1: Um, The president of Haiti... Jon uh, Moisi was killed last night in his home Assassinated. Okay. gunman right. broke into his home okay. and killed him elected in 2017 I, like it's worth noting, right because because this is the kind of instability that is you know contagious, right um, yeah uh didn't like how the country was going, and there are some you know weird rules in Haiti. As you might imagine because we supported and then didn't support autocratic leaders see look up the Duvaliers right Papa and Baby Doc also true story my dad met Baby Doc Duvalier when he his company owned a plant in Haiti okay. a long time ago um, so uh, you know there are some rules about when the presidential term starts and ends and it wasn't clear whether or not he still should have been the president again not super clear not a great guy but also people broke into his house and shot him to death um not good times
0: yeah not, um, not good times. then in in other international news uh, oil prices are going a little crazy because uh, saudi and rape saudi arabia and uae are having a little bit of a spat There was a weird announcement going off. What is that? What did they? I don't know. What the hell is that?
1: I think there's a a crew team going by.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Okay.
1: Because we're on the river. Reminder, everybody, we're on the
0: river. There's a crew team possibly on the river. Could be some somebody announcing
1: cockswing. Co- uh, Coxwain. Cox Cox- Cox, Cox How I do you pronounce that? I don't know. A- anyway, you <laughs> can't pronounce it at work. Oh. However, it's did did I mention <laughs>
0: this is episode 69? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, where was it going? Oil prices, right? <laughs> so Saudi, wow. Saudi Arabia and UAE are uh, having a fight with each other, which actually has been ongoing. So the last time that OPEC met, it almost fell apart because of dispute between UAE and Saudi Arabia. it is now falling apart because of that dispute. Uh, so prices are now at a six-year high. Um, nobody's really sure what's going to happen. And, of course, when nobody's sure what's going to happen, they all assume the worst Panic, and yeah. prices go up, et cetera. So it could be that Saudi Arabia is going to pump out a bunch of oil to screw the UAE. It could be that they're, neither of them is going to pump out a bunch of oil. could be Russia is going to pump out a bunch of oil. We don't know. So, uh, yeah. Prices. Don't, don't drive, I think is what yeah, I'm no, telling you. No road trips. No how road about trips. that infrastructure? Yes, yes. We'll have lots of bridges that you should not drive yeah. on because you won't have gas.
1: Um, and I, I think the other big thing to talk about right now is is COVID, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Which is, you know, we're now talking Delta.
0: Yes, we're, we've gone through the Alpha, Beta, Gamma. Now right.
1: we're to the Delta variants. Uh, presumably we'll eventually get to Zeta. We'll see, see how things go. Which I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the the naming now. Instead of being country of origin, is yes just Greek letter because I, because Which people means are that it's actually a Greek virus and it <laughs> leaked out of a lab in Greece. Yes. Although, of course, I heard of the Delta virus, then I heard of Delta Plus, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! Just give it another right, letter. Like, I don't, right, I don't like understand. Like, and then are we gonna have
0: Delta Plus Plus? Like, I, like
1: I, yeah, like C Plus Right. Like that's how this works. It's gonna be object oriented. The <laughs> And that's now, <laughs> <laughs> that was deep cut there. See,
0: there's the abstract, va- uh, no, nah, yeah. I'm going to stop. So, stop. myself. So, yeah.
1: so uh, the Delta variant's now the dominant variant in the U.S., just over 50%. Um, you know, vaccine efficacy a little lower than uh, with yeah, the Alpha it, variant. Yeah, like I've seen
0: a couple different things talking about studies. There's like what they can produce in a lab uh some there's like a study out of Scotland there's a study out of Israel the if efficacy is definitely lower it's a question of like in Israel they're saying it's 64% in some other places they're saying it's 88% so it's somewhere in that range yeah. right but overall um it is more contagious more likely to get through the vaccine on the bright side it is not more deadly if you have the vaccine right if so, you don't have the vaccine eh, no. Yeah, and it's like I think the thing we have to remember is that we're not going to get to a point in all likelihood where COVID ceases to exist. Right. It's going to be we get to a point where it's like the flu, where it's like you get it, you feel a little crappy for a few days and then it's all fine.
1: Right, because it's you know, as it goes on it tends, you know, viruses tend to become less deadly.
0: Yeah. Now and the, the thing more it is, transmissible. part of what's interesting about COVID, and I'm speaking to you as as somebody who is certified in epidemiology by the uh, Mark Zuckerberg School of of Epidemiology. Good, uh, you've done well accredited institution. Uh, but one of the things, one of the reasons why COVID tends to cause a lot of damage to people is the spike protein that we all talk about, mm-hmm. and the spike protein like. That itself, like independent of being attached to the virus, being a live virus, actually will like cause damage, and so what makes it more infectious is changes to that spike protein. So it can, at the same time, become more infectious and more deadly because the way that spike protein is working. Um, and the reason why that's not an issue with the vaccines is because it's a muscular injection. Because it's it's all sort of self-contained. It it's does whatever it's going to do right there, and it doesn't spread through your body, and it's, and it's dealt with. Um, so who knows, I think is yeah. really what I'm trying to get at. Um, so we've got the Delta variant. We know it's more contagious. It is currently the dominant strain in the US. Um, if you haven't gotten your vaccine for, well, the people in Norway—I don't know our listeners in Norway.
1: Um, I, I, it, hopefully, the, they've
0: been able to get the vaccine. Vaccine, uh, um, yeah,
1: availability is going up. Yes, um, and now there's more urgency, right? Similarly, in like Australia, where there was no urgency to get the vaccine, yes. The Delta variant is driving urgency.
0: Yeah, and there's countries. even been an uptake in interest in the vaccine e- here in the U.S. where it felt like everybody was sort of fading off. It's like, oh, maybe we should get in, in on that, especially because um, the vaccines, the two-dose vaccines, the first dose, um, which gave fairly good protection against the Alpha variant, yeah. is doing all against the Delta yeah. variant, uh, yeah, to correct. use the epidemiological term. Jack all. um and it's so getting your second dose making sure you get fully vaccinated is definitely a way to go at this point um but that said if you even if you've been vaccinated if you're going into grocery stores uh at, you know walgreens etc i think it's, we're at the point like you should probably wear a mask like it doesn't really hurt you to do it and you know there's always the risk that maybe you got it maybe you could spread it and so just just stare yeah. on the side of caution Put a little fabric on your face; it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a interesting it's an interesting balance I think for everybody right now. You know, yeah. how do you feel about wearing a mask? Not wearing a mask? You know, you interestingly,
0: know? I so I went to like I have a morning ritual of like, I go to the Starbucks because I'm I'm a you know liberal elite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've this is the first makers, day nice. I have gone there that they did not have masks on. Like huh. the like the sta- like like I've been going in there and steadily like the number of masks of people going yeah. in there to pick up coffee has declined, but. The staff has had masks the whole time. Today is the first time where nobody had masks on. I'm like,
1: oh, wow. Like, we're in a totally different world now. Yeah. And, um, and what's interesting is, you know, I think Illinois and, you know, we're, we're kind of doing pretty well, right? Like, you know, in Chicago, doing pretty well in terms yeah. of vaccination yeah, rates. Yeah, if you look at the
0: vaccination rates, you look at the, the, the number of tests coming back positive, like positivity rate, yeah. all that stuff. I look for the positivity rate being something that's talking about happiness and joy rather than right. like right, viruses. Exactly. Um, but you know, overall things are looking pretty good here. We have seen an uptick in some of the areas where you kind of expect it to be more, more rural, more Republican
1: kind of places. But um, you know, we'll see but, how that how it goes. But there are days we're going days without deaths. Yes, and that's that's really important. Yeah. And even hosp- and that's
0: the thing. Like if you look at like the UK's data. Um, they saw an uptick in infections, but they did not see an uptick in deaths. Yeah. So like, yes, if you get vaccinated, the Delta variant might be able to infect you, but you're not going to have the severe outcomes and deaths, and that's the biggest thing we yeah. gotta worry about.
1: If you feel a little shitty for f- three, four days, eh. uh, Well, and I, I was, it's funny you should say that. I was talking to a colleague of mine, and again, ana- the problem with things like this, and this is dread versus fear, right, is the anecdotal data a colleague of mine in the UK uh he had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine his wife had AstraZeneca and they both got covid in the last 2 weeks yeah and he was knocked out for 2 weeks and like yeah just yep yeah.
0: well you know and that's the thing like all the, i mean even the vaccine even at its peak was
1: ninety some odd percent effective, which meant there was some chance right. you we're still gonna get infected. right. And I know people who had who had BioNTech Pfizer and still
0: Yeah. And that you still know, it, it's yeah, and that's it's gonna you know, based on your genetics, based on your immune system, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's what's gonna happen. As long as it's not something that turns into a severe outcome, that you're getting hospitalized, that you're dying from right. it. Um one thing I'm less clear on is like kind of what what happens like long COVID that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It you is, know, is that substantially improved by the vaccine? I believe
1: it is, but I don't. Uh, how really... do we know? It's long term. Right. Right. Like, right, and, right. And that's, you know, uh, it, it's another really interesting dynamic to this to think about, you know, when we talk about the economy, mm, and jobs and unemployment and how many people just can't work still because they survived covid but they can work 3 hours a day yeah right yeah, and yeah. um where they can't work at all or some days they can't they can't put thoughts together so yeah uh, uh, you know uh, i've heard people talk about and economists talk about the impact of covid even if the pandemic were to end today it's a, it's another two year echo and i think that that's oh, true oh for sure yeah yeah that's true. Um, and a very uh, happy thought yeah. before we talk about beer.
0: Well, we should talk about beer, but first we should probably get more beer.
1: We should probably get more beer. That's so always we're gonna, good advice. We're
0: going to go get more beer. We're going to use our time machine, and we're going to instantly go
1: get beer. We'll be right back. And <laughs> We're back. And the TARDIS has worked. We've got more beer. We're here. I, I Look, we're, we're back at... <laughs> burning brush bush and we talked about this i'm really happy they made it through the pandemic and i've got to say their beers got better <laughs> yes yes I, well
0: there's a mo- like when they first started there was like not as many beers yeah like they've gotten more like they were doing a lot of guest beers yeah, and yeah, now yeah they've got a lot of good variety um so what are you you've we had what
1: have we, we had a lot drinking? of beer yeah i i, you I, I don't tell. know if you can tell that on the podcast but we're doing but right. we we can uh we can. this is your third beer uh, let's say it is. Let's say it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been sticking Kay. with your IPAs. So okay. they've got a few. Um, they've got a, uh, a Lion's Den, which is a New England style. Yeah. Tree Wrestler, which is an American IPA. Um, uh, uh, it, and, again, I'll say these have both been very good. Um, and Walls of Jericho. So right now I'm on to the Walls of Jericho um, again, another Are New you going England to style come tumbling down, sir. I and I believe my good friend John Mellencamp will show up to help me sing about <laughs> the walls come tumbling down.
0: Um. Yeah, I had. Well, so the first one I had was the. Actually, is it's, oh the Rio de Vida, which is the Mexican lager. Yeah, and it was excellent. I have to say I've become a big fan of. Well, I love lagers generally, yeah. but, like, Mexican-style lagers, I feel like they're just just a, just a little extra there that I really enjoy. A little enjoy. extra crisp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been kind of my favorites. But uh, then I moved on to what I requested as a wheat beer, but I swear to you it was not a wheat beer. It was a little hoppy, had that cloudiness, which you might associate with a wheat beer, but also with an IPA. So I probably had either the Lion's Den or the wall of Jer- walls of Jericho.
1: Well, I will tell you, the walls of Jericho tastes like a pina colada. Okay, I did not have that one. It is I, surprising, unexpected, and super, okay. super okay. good. So then I
0: had the Lions Den, presumably. Okay. And and uh, if you are a follower of the podcast, you'll know I'm not much of an IPA no. person, not a hophead, but it was that. It's in that. Little like margin of it's, that window it's for uh you. it's a it's got that juicy fruity kind of vibe from the the hops. The 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 more that if you if you're in if you do brewing, you add hops early to make bitterness, you add hops late to add that sort of flavor and that yeah. essence of it. And so, a lot of that later add uh, adding of the hops to give it that juiciness. So, I actually rather enjoyed it,
1: yeah. And I've got to say, this walls of Jericho, I you know, it's not that hot out right now. If it were really hot, this would be perfect. Yes, I mean it's super crisp, really like, I, I mean, coconut and pineapple and just all of the things. Okay, that is definitely not the beer I had. Yeah, but no, it it actually warns there's a warning contains lactose. Okay. I I don't understand, but I love it. Well, if you're if you have uh, a lactose
0: intolerance. No,
1: I don't understand how the lactose gets in there. Oh, it's uh, cows. Mostly, <laughs> mostly cows. <laughs> mostly Hopefully,
0: cows. cows. <laughs> cows. <laughs> they have a cow here. It, just, it makes it makes the lactose for us. Just them. the cow just makes the. So you know, so for my last utterly year, delicious. For my last beer, I was debating between the Red Sea, and the sour of Babel. Mm. So of course I had to go for the pun. Uh, and the sour of Babel is excellent. It is uh, is a sour. Uh, a lot of blueberry has a little bit of lavender and milk sugar apparently. Um, but it's like sours that are a little too sour or are, are much in the same realm for me as mm-hmm. things that are too hoppy, but like this is a good balance here. It's got it's sour, but it's not overwhelmingly so. Also
1: contains lactose.
0: Yes. So it's so more maybe like it's a the milk sugar. Yes. in mine as well. Yes. It's so more of the more like a sweet tart less like an atomic warhead, you know, if you're
1: talking. Oh, nice. The sour. Okay, well that's now, now realm, I can so. relate. Now I can relate. Yes. So I, I you know I can't I can't praise enough. So we have uh, talked beer. How well they've done. Yes. Here.
0: Yeah, no, I I'm really impressed with uh what they've been doing with their pandemic and yeah. uh
1: turning it around. So great yeah. job. And they opened this outdoor patio which is not the nicest outdoor space I've been in, but it's an outdoor space and it's by the river and like, I'll take
0: it. Like yeah, it kind of it, it needs a little, it needs some trees, like, over to, like, sort of
1: isolate it It from needs Irving some Park. zhuzhing up.
0: Yes, yes. Um, but it has potential for
1: sure. So, uh, and lots of space, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, I yeah. know. No, it definitely does. Um, let's talk about Illinois because we yes. should welcome President Joe Biden. Welcome, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in Illinois right now. I assume he rode a train in, here. Uh, in the form of Air Force One. yes. Okay. That they've had painted as a can train. Amtrak sponsor
0: Air Force One? I think that would. Be I think that would be fantastic. Um, although I think it's actually the other
1: way around; is Air Force One is sponsoring Amtrak. But go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, he's here. Uh, Joe Biden is here today to uh, speak up in McHenry College at McHenry College, which is you know a, a little redder area of the state, although you know represented by. Uh, folks like Sean Caston and... Ah, yes, yes. Um, and someone else, another Democrat. So uh, he's up there talking really about the American Families Plan. you know So this is the thing he said he was going to do. He was going to hit the road and he was going to get out there and, uh, and talk about it himself, and he is doing so. Um, there's also been rumors that he's going to be in the loop today um, after that speech because there have been military helicopters flying all over... I don't know if you've noticed them, but
0: I have not.
1: I hear um, them all the time, and
0: there have not been any over our
1: uh, podcast. So,
0: uh, otherwise, we would have pointed that out.
1: Yeah, they'd come north of us to go from the yes. Henry to um, uh, to the Loop.
0: Related but. to his visit, as he was passing through, he met up with uh, JB Pritzker and Lightfoot uh, at O'Hare. Yeah, uh, as he was, you know, Just landing Lightfoot
1: there. on the tarmac because she's but Lightfoot headed on out the to. Uh, San Francisco okay yes with some tech leaders from Chicago okay
0: Um, but um, a lot of this comes in the background backdrop of um, you know we have one of our worst uh, violence weekends here in uh, Chicago Um, I was like it was I forget the exact number it was in like 70 80 some odd shootings yeah uh, in that ballpark I mean this is a pattern we see in Chicago as we have a long weekend and you know people you know I don't know exactly what the formula is but you know we end up with a bunch of shootings uh and yeah. so you know there was talk of you know so apparently there was some discussion between them around that I don't really know what Biden can be doing as far as that goes but
1: yeah well and you know there were a couple interesting things citywide here you know, first of all, the mayor came out and essentially said, well, all of these problems are because Congress can't act on gun legislation, which, you know, look, that is certainly a problem, but it's not all of the problems no. in, in Chicago. No, 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 no. And there's, um, yeah, there's,
0: a, like, a lot more we can do investing in, you know, community organizations that are trying to help build things up and,
1: you know, yeah. address um, violence. I, yep. I think the other, the other thing was that uh, police superintendent David Brown was at city council last week to face some questions. Yes. And they were not hard hitting. And yeah. you just kind of wonder where that all is going. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a little disheartening to hear the mayor just kind of abdicate responsibility for it. Right. right. But frankly, not surprising Yeah. given how her term has, has gone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see who runs against her. Yeah, um,
0: um, there were two. This is one thing I'm like. I'm cu- very curious to see like what what this was. But there were two ATF agents and a Chicago cop were all like in a unmarked car, car, and they were on an off shot. ramp. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Like obviously, like it's it reads as a targeted
1: attack, but by whom I do not know. Yeah. So, so it was, It was yeah, two federal nice. agents and a Chicago police officer in an unmarked car performing an investigation was the official statement Yes. on an off-ramp of the Dan yes. Ryan, uh, which, if you're not from Chicago, is one of our freeways. We name them after people. I don't know why. Um, just to make it more confusing, if you're trying to get a traffic report, fine. Yes. Um, but that was we very... We can tell
0: you it's 90, but instead we'll tell you it's a candy for the people who are from out of town
1: listening to the... Right. Traffic report. Well, because the number only matters. Uh, the name changes. The number doesn't sometimes. Yes. Yes.
0: Not wrong. <sighs> uh, anyway. So, anyhow. Um, uh, in, in we... A, you know that we love... Oh, we do. ...indictments on this podcast. Oh, and we've got a good one. Because it's full of, like, classic Chicago corruption. Do you... L- I... I will yield the floor to you, sir. I, I mean, you I can, you I, can I love go, it go so to town much. on
1: this. Um, so there is an alderman in Chicago, Carrie Austin. Um, she and like yeah. a long-term alderman, like sh- she's seventy-two. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah, like like, but yeah, around um, for a while, right? And she's the alderman of the thirty-fourth ward. She uh, actually, <laughs> um. Her husband was the alderman prior to that. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm going to say this to start, right? Um, her husband had a f- a saying that said, "Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered." Yes. This is a classic Chicago politics term,
0: <laughs> right? Which we've all you have got like the the whole pork butchering thing. I mean, it's all yeah. oh, I mean, Chicago. it's so good. Yeah, it's
1: great. It's so good. And it's you know. Hog butcher of the world. We all take it to mean everything but the squeak. Um, Yes. You know, you can steal a little and you'll be fine and you can keep stealing a little. But if you steal a lot, somebody's going to get pissed. Well, anyway, turns out the kitchen cabinets are apparently the breaking point here. So Carrie Austin (laughs) and her chief of staff were indicted by a federal grand, grand jury for taking bribes of all sorts. Yes, and stupid, stupid bribes. I mean, I mean the things that that she got were like humidifiers, kitchen sump cabinets, sump pumps, sump <laughs> pumps, like all of these things from developers. <laughs> you know, you know, the, like the thing is, like aldermen are paid pretty well,
0: like even if they're not grand. corrupt, like they're like you know, they can make a decent living. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah, uh, but. So the official charges, one was conspiring to use interstate facilities to promote bribery. And two counts of actually doing it, of using interstate facilities to promote bribery. Because the conspiracy to do it and the actual doing it are two separate charges. Of course. Why not? You would think they would cover each other, but whatever. Uh, And then uh, Austin uh, had one count of lying to the FBI, which... By the way, if the FBI ever comes up to you and says, I'd like to talk to you, your immediate answer should be, I'd like a lawyer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then there was also one count of theft of government funds for her chief of staff. So that's, that's ultimately what the charges were. And all of it
1: circulates around home improvements. I mean, it really does. I And, and I love that in the complaint, in the complaint, it yes. says that Austin accepted an offer from a contractor to pay for two, and I quote, brand new, and quote, expensive sump pumps. Yes. Like, would it be okay if they were used expensive sump pumps, or new? The Venn
0: diagram ba- I, yeah, of expensive I just,
1: and not used is very critical
0: to uh, this operation. Yeah. Would they have been charged with bribery had they simply settled for a used sump pump or a less expensive something. I don't know. I, uh,
1: this is a fair question.
0: I have a sump pump, and I have not been charged with bribery. I, I as far as I know, sure it's not that the other aldermen want to know. Used.
1: Can I get a can I get a cheaper sump pump? Is that the deal? <laughs> so uh, you know, her offices were raided in 2019. So this is not a new investigation. Yeah. Um, it just took a long time pre-pandemics. But how many current aldermen of Chicago are under indictment? Federal indictment. Current? current. That's a very good question. Um, I would go six. Somehow, you're high. It's I, unre- I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are only three. <laughs> That's unrelated, sir. <laughs> yeah, true. There are three aldermen who are. Okay, uh, you know what? Actually, right
0: actually here's the thing. I was like, it, I feel like three was the right answer, but I'm like, but it got to be higher than that. Well, so. I think it's
1: actually six, current or former. Three okay. current. Okay.
0: Yeah, all right, all right. So all right. Austin, I'm not far. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the right
1: ballpark. You know, Kerry Austin is now indicted. Uh, Patrick Daly Thompson. Yes. Total relation to former Mayor Daly. And Ed Burger King Burke. Ah, yes. Um, all under indictment currently. Yeah, so
0: and very much in my brain, it was Austin Burke. There's got to be one other.
1: <laughs> and of course their name has to
0: have daily in it
1: because that's how we do it it is a rule right um they don't the the feds don't even have a choice so it's good to have good old-fashioned indictments and we're still waiting to see what comes out of the madigan it's such a wonderfully
0: old-school chicago form of
1: corruption it is
0: real estate developer trying to get a bunch of their properties built getting permits Getting TIF funds and they exchange. Okay, the kitchen cabinets is not old school. Like it should just be a bag of money, but really should be a bag of money. (laughs) But fine, cabinets and some pumps, whatever. Yeah, but very much real estate development that's like simple, basic
1: aldermanic corruption. I, I really is, and that comes from this concept of aldermanic privilege that used to Which exist. We've that still does. We've covered made it some we've efforts to get rid
0: of that. Yeah. And and as much as I've had frustrations with Lightfoot generally, she's been good on that stuff. So. Right, because she wants to have all the control herself.
1: Right. So, <laughs> somehow that aldermanic privilege not looking so yes, bad. Mayoral privilege trumps aldermanic privilege. Ooh, can't yeah. use the word trump. Anyway, so... right. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, and I, I keep thinking that we're going to hear more out of the Madigan stuff and then we get... Carrie Austin. Yes. Right. Or we get somebody else. So you know I'm, I'm glad Chicago's going to Chicago we're going to see I think in the next few weeks people coming out to say they're running in the municipals in 2023. Right. Because now's the time. Yes. If you're going to run for mayor. If you're going to run for alderman you have to start. Takes uh, a little time to ramp up. If you jump you in late you are money. going
0: to lose because you got to get your people you got to get your signatures. Your signatures yeah. are going to get challenged. You know this is going to get like our, our local side of the podcast has been a little weak recently, but like as things ramp up around that, it's going to get a little more interesting. So yeah.
1: yeah. Cause we're off cycle with the rest of the elections yeah. locally. Um, but it's coming. Yeah.
0: Speaking of things that are coming, we're getting Some sprinkled rain. on right now, everybody. So I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, so yeah, thankfully for you all,
1: we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us tonight. Today. Take care, everybody. Stay, Stay safe. safe. Wear a mask.
0: Wear a mask, because why the hell not? Why not? Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, everybody. Uh, we realized a major oversight on our parts after we uh, finished the podcast. And uh, is
1: this a is this a postscript? It's a postscript. This An NB? is a post
0: game show. This will be after the final beer can. There'll be the last like you know minute or so, where somebody will be like, "Oh, there's extra things." Right. It's like a it's like a Marvel movie, but with lower production values
1: <laughs> and less entertainment. Lakeshore Drive.
0: Yes, Lakeshore Drive uh, is now renamed. What's it called now? Uh, it's it's a
1: very long name. It's a very long name. <laughs> The city council. It still has Lakeshore Drive in it, though. Yes. It's. Uh, <laughs> Jean Baptiste. D- yeah. De there you Sabre, go. Keep d- going.
0: Lakeshore Drive. Yes. It's okay.
1: Jean Baptiste Sable was, uh, you know, credited sort of with the founding
0: of Chicago. Yes.
1: Um, and it and uh, does not have a shortage of things named after him, uh, to be uh, fair. But yes. Right. But there had been an ordinance in the city council for months and months and months that had been the subject of political wrangling and back and forth et cetera et cetera um and was passed this week with some amendments to now rename lakeshore drive jean baptiste de sable lakeshore drive right so when you say now i can't just drive down lsd which you know, it was funny and in its own right. Now you have to oh, say. Oh, no, 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 no. it has. No, we, we missed it. It's not.
0: That's not totally a kid because it's Jean Baptiste. Because there's there's PD in it. Jean Baptiste Point du Sable. Right. So right. It's you're Jean right. Baptiste Point du Sable, Lakeshore Drive. Because it has PD in the name now, like police department. Because <laughs> they. Cause, uh, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. the debate was originally, do we name it after him? Do we have it Lakeshore Drive? And so they settled on this very long name that only uh, tourists and tour guides are going to know. Everybody else is going to still call it Lakeshore Drive and
1: LSD because that's easy. Yeah. And I much like the Sears Tower. Yes. It's probably always going to be Lakeshore Drive.
0: We don't call it Willis Tower.
1: I will bleep out Willis. <laughs> also, true story. <laughs> The company I used to work for, yes, is now Willis. Really? Okay. Yes. Towers Watson Willis Towers Watson. So that's the Willis Towers Watson Tower. Okay. Good to know. Enjoy that. Can yes. you get to the Willis Towers Watson Tower from Jean Baptiste Point de, Sable. Point de Sable. No, Point de Sable. you cannot. My well, shirt, you right?
0: have to. You have to go into the loop
1: because it's on the other side of the loop. That's true. You could take uh, Lower Wacker.
0: Yes, you could take Lower. Yes.
1: Anyway, are they rename we, Wacker? Because
0: if any street should be renamed, <laughs> Whacker's probably it. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> uh, uh, do we have any further comments? On no, the, I just we had street to talk renaming. About that. Yes. So, thank you for joining us for this postscript. Uh, two and a half to three beers into uh, our fine evening here. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Stay Mask safe. Mask up. You know, yada yada. And have and a go beer. Go drive down. Take care.
1: That road. Yes. Bye bye.